Hey, girl, you trying to hit this? Oh, you know exactly what I need. <laughs> What's up? Welcome back to Two Girls on Bunt. You filthy fucking stoners. We have a good doing? day. <laughs> it's Tuesday, hopefully, when you're listening to this. But it's if like, it's wait, not, no, it's Saturday. Some people, I mean, I guess you don't listen. You should be listening when we're playing on Hayes Radio at 2 p.m. Yeah. PST. Yeah. 5 p.m. EST. On Let's Tuesdays. Go. Yeah, you can find us on the Hayes Radio app. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify. Instagram, Spotify, TikTok, OnlyFans. Oh, yeah, you can definitely find all of us there. So make sure you're following us on social media. We post a lot about what we're doing. Um, but yeah, hope you all are having a good day. Jamie, where are we right now? <laughs> we're in LA. Yeah, but where are we? Oh, we're at the Hayes Radio Station. It's our first time here. How exciting is that, guys? We're coming to you live. Well, not really live, but from Hayes Radio for the first time ever. Yeah, so as you can tell, the quality in our voices is much better. <laughs> we sound very close to you. Yeah. Do you like that? Are we having a real conversation, baby? <laughs> Come here, give me a smooch. Okay. Oh. Well, you don't know who you're asking. Sorry. Careful what you wish for, Emily. That's true. <laughs> I'm dehydrated and delirious. I have had cotton mouth all day. I think Emily and I are going delusional. We have had the craziest week and it's not even over yet. We're doing great. Yeah. What if we, like, we've been on five flights. I can hear everything that you're doing in the It mic. is what it is. <laughs> Bada boop, bop, bop. We've had five flights. Oh, we've been on five flights. <laughs> Emily's like, I'm about to hit Jamie in the face. <laughs> she I just never gave hit me, you in the face. You gave me the eyes of, I felt your wrath through them. <laughs> I felt it. That's what happens when you travel together and sleep Feel in the same rat. bed and do everything together and talk and have to listen to our voices all the, all the time. It's a lot. But yeah, we took five flights. Base, we've been on a flight every single day since Tuesday. Um, so five five flights total yeah and then we have another flight in a couple of days and then we have another, another flight one. in a couple of days after that <laughs> another one and yeah so we've just been traveling i my back has been hurt from being on a plane for so long that i couldn't even move it today i literally felt like an old person like i had like a kink like you know when like old people can't turn in cars mm -hmm. and they're just going like eh, and they're like trying they to, to see turn their them. whole body they turn their whole body like that's the only way i can turn and even there i'm like oh that's as far as i can go yeah um, oh, I burped. This is like the most you've traveled in a long time, right? Yeah, I've never traveled like this before, so it's been fun. I used to be very scared of planes, and I'm like, all right, let's just, now we're like pros. Go. Yeah. The only part I don't like is when we land because I always feel like we're gonna slam into the airport. <laughs> yeah, I every single time I felt that it's hit and me how, by surprise. How do the wheels handle all, all the weight? I don't know. Like, I don't get that. Physics? Like, it has, what is it, suspension? I don't want to hear logic. <laughs> Planes should not work. I And like, I stand by that. Yeah, I was thinking there, I was like, wow, being a pilot is the hardest job ever. You know what I said to Maggie? Like, you're flying a giant aircraft with all these people. Right before we took off for LA, I was like, Maggie, do you ever hope that your pilot isn't suicidal? <laughs> And he was like, well, now I do. Oh, my God. But I think shit like that every time I'm on a plane. I'm like, what if we just nosedived right now? I just went down. Me too. I'm always thinking that. I'm like, well, I think, all right. 
my brain plays like a mini Final Destination clip in my head Me about too, like all I've the possible ways. I'm like, what if the wing just flew off and then cut my head off? <laughs> I think that's why I like having a window seat on the wing because then, like, if shit goes down, I already know that I'm gonna die. Like, See, I don't want to know that. I'd rather myself. just get like my head chopped off and be like, well, I'm like, where did I just go? And then you pop up into like wherever the next part of your life is (laughs) wherever your soul goes and you're like oh fuck it was the plane damn i don't want to anticipate it because then i'm like having and i'm fearful well i'm not fearful at all i also need an aisle seat because now i'm just like it could happen yeah you know tuesday we we were in miami monday and then well last weekend we uh i had a friend visiting the the you know the boy, Mr. The man, Robotong. Mr. Robotong. And then we went to fucking LA randomly for a night to do a comedy show with Jared Lee's. It was great. So he does like a bunch of like YouTube and TikTok like videos, like sketch comedy. Sketch comedy, yeah. Um, he does a lot of like the fuck boy. Like he's like, ah, like, and he like has this whole like character. He does like cat crawling and like a, a different like nerd character and yeah. stuff. So I did his comedy show, which was fun, interesting. And then we flew home literally like within 12 hours of going to LA. And then we had a week home and to get ready for this week. This Tuesday, we flew out to LA for our one of our friends. Uh, she was actually a podcast guest, but she threw a Halloween party. And that was our first like party with like social media people, I think. Like, big party like that. Yeah, it was Especially fun. in L.A. I've never, like, partied in L.A., so that was cool. It was definitely there was, interesting. There was weed. There were pre-rolls. There was free pre-rolls. Yeah, so we were just sitting at the, the couch, just chain-smoking Oh, my God. Pre-rolls. I, I think I smoked, like, seven of those that night. We. I was fucked up, and I only had, like, one drink or two drinks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like you were more fucked up than I was. I was, yeah, and I was like, I am not drinking, because why was I not drinking? <laughs> we were getting on a flight. Oh, we, did, we, we had to be up at like four in the morning or oh, fucking six in that. the morning. So we literally left this party at like three or something and then had to hop on a flight two and a half hours later um, to go to Boston because I was doing a comedy show in Laugh Boston. So we flew out Tuesday, partied all night, like already partied, went no sleep. Six no hour sleep. flight plane. to Boston. Another plane. <laughs> show, another plane. Club. I have never performed at Laugh Boston. That's like Boston's biggest comedy club. So I was like, fuck, I am posting all over social media that I have been partying and then I'm about to do this show. So if I don't do well, it's going to look really bad. So I was getting really nervous. And there was like a huge storm in Boston. So we didn't know if people were going to show up to the show. We didn't even know if our flight was going to make it. I wasn't stressed. I was like, it's all going to be fine. You were. And I was like, what if I bought this flight and I missed the show and it's the whole reason I'm coming here? I'm like, there's no point. What ifs? What will happen will happen. Yeah. So that was that. But it all worked out. It did. It did work out. The show ended up being like, okay. The crowd was a little... <laughs> it went okay. I don't know why. I looked, I've said it this a bunch of times. It was literally just the crowd. Like, you guys, all the comedians did super well. Everybody I thought was super funny. The crowd just, like, would laugh, be like, ha-ha. But why, and that was it. Why like, the they hell didn't react. do white people go to comedy shows... To sit there and make like a smug face and judge. Like I don't you're know. there to laugh. Like let's have a good time. Yeah. And it's always the white people, I swear to God. I always laugh like crazy. Like I just want to be happy. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want to forget about my life. That's why I go to comedy. Even if you're bad, I'm laughing with you. Yeah, literally. Because I'm trying to feel something. You know, we're not I'm laughing like, at you. We're laughing with you. So I find it so interesting when crowds are like just dead. 
And I tried like talking to them and I'd have conversations and no one would like talk back. That's what I don't like about certain crowds. Like I love when like you ask a question to the crowd and the crowd just like starts chiming out funny answers because it gives us something to work off of. Yeah. No, that's, but it is with all performance arts. Like there's always going to be good crowds. There's always going to be bad crowds. Yeah. And you just got to take it. Yeah. But I was like, had a lot of people seeing me for the first time, like my cousins and like friends. And I was like, oh, that was not the performance I wanted you to see for the first time. But it is what it is. It is what it is. So we did that. Well, then we partied all night again. Everyone drank. Oh, I went to bed. Yeah, Emily left. I was like, like, absolutely not. We have a flight at 8 a.m. I'm going the fuck to bed. But I had every like group of friends and like family that all came to visit go to the same bar because it was like the easiest way to talk to everyone after the show Mm -hmm. because Laugh Boston was closing and then I was severely overwhelmed by having to talk to everybody Mm -hmm. because not only because I've been in such a state of like like go 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 that when I just needed to just get hammered and chill and do nothing and then I felt like I had to like talk to everyone which I was super grateful that they came but I was so stressed and then I was like thinking about the flight that we had to go on it's been like that all week yeah um but now here we are in LA. Yeah, we went back to Miami for a day. We're doing to great. pack and check on our cats. And then we flew out yesterday, came right to the radio station. Got our rental car. We got high as balls last night. So And this morning. Yeah. And we've just been high as fuck since we've been in LA. It's great. <laughs> I that's why I love coming to California. There's always good weed. We're smoking it right now. As we should. We're smoking the Squint's uh, premium cannabis. What's the, is there a, I don't know what um kind of weed it is, but it's good. It smells good. Tastes good. Let me see. I like I the marketing. I know. I do like the marketing too. Marketing will get me to buy anything. I, that's why I studied marketing. Cause I was like, I always go into like the shampoo and conditioner aisle and you could have the worst products in it for you, but if it looks pretty, I'm like, I need to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It really doesn't say anything about what it is, but it I looks know. good while it does it. So um, what else are we doing? We're also going tomorrow. I mean, we have, we're preparing for tomorrow, tonight, but tomorrow we have the Hayes Cup. Oh, yeah. For the radio station, they're doing a, like a, it's a cannabis growers cup where you enter and you get judged on your weed. Yes, and we're going to be judges. Which is very exciting. You want to judge flower. I want to judge, like, pre-rolls. Now I'm like, what if I judged edibles? Wait, no, they can't do that. Well, you'd just be popping edibles all night. And that would, <laughs> you'd be really fucked up. I would love that. <laughs> but there's going to be, like, over 500 people. There's going to be a DJ, like, dancing. There's a comedy show. So I also have to perform while being super fucked up and, like, really high. So that's going to be interesting. And then, it's, But it's going to be cool because there'll be, like, a bunch of stoners. And I'm just... So that I think... They'll all relate. I love it. It's yeah. going to be great. And um, I haven't done my weed smoking jokes in a while. And I feel like it'd be good to bring those back. It'd be like a yeah. good setting to do that. We're dressing up as a mermaid man and barnacle boy. Oh, yeah. A sexy mermaid man and barnacle boy, well, I may it's add. us, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. But we had our friend uh, Stormy make us some costumes. And they looked dope. But we have been on no sleep. We're fucking hustling. <laughs> We're making shit happen. It's just crazy how much shit has happened. Um, yeah, a lot has happened. One of, oh, dude, I don't know how oh, we no. do this, but Emily and I also we want to give you some advice if you're traveling, because I feel like I wish I knew this stuff when I first started traveling, and it wasn't until I had to travel a shit ton in a small mer- period of time. Like, I think I've probably been on 
at least like fucking 20 flights, 30 flights alone in the past like four months, five months. Yeah. And so one thing I learned and, you know, you're traveling, you just have to be at your gate 15 minutes before your flight departs. (laughs) <laughs> That's I it. also don't think this would work for everybody Okay well so we're gonna But you know get some, But it doesn't hurt to ask It never hurts to ask Yeah 15 The minutes. worst they're gonna do is say no So we typically get there 45 minutes to an hour Before that time period And there's always long lines And security And And, and uh, Like dropping your bags All you have to do is You have to go up and you say My flight's about to take off Can I skip the line? Is there any way that you can help me Get to the bag drop Or like through the security line? Mm-hmm I bet you nine out of ten times that person's going to say yes. And they said yes to us every single time. And we made it every single time. And it's been dope. So you just have to ask. Because I've definitely seen people miss flights because they're like waiting in line. They're like, I'm going to miss my flight. Just ask. Tell someone you're going to miss your flight. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask. People are nice. Yeah. Because flights are expensive, man. They really are. They really are. How how are you feeling with everything that's been happening? I feel good. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. How do you feel? I feel I've been exhausted and I've been like focusing on that and the anxiety, making sure everything can go right and go smoothly. But then I just have to like sit back and remind myself like, I don't know, sometimes I have to pull myself out of it because I'm so far into it Mm -hmm. and see everything from the outside and just be like, holy fuck, look what's happening and look what you're accomplishing and look how quick it's happening and being grateful for that. So I think like I'm like half and half, like I'm constantly in that state of anxiety and worry and like making sure everything's going to go smoothly and also just like pushing through it energy wise. And then when I like think about it, what actually happened, look at it. And I like talk about it out loud with you. It's like, holy fuck. And it like re-energizes me and like I grounds like it's me. so much easier to just go with the flow. Yeah. You know? I feel like I was the one who taught you that. I know. And, <laughs> and now you're stressed out and I'm like, please. And now you're like. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we were like complete opposites. And now, now I'm just like, I don't know. It's hitting a lot. It's a lot at once to handle emotionally. I was really good when it was like one, like one thing here or there. And now it's like one thing every day, sometimes multiple things a day happening. And then I'm like, I didn't have the mental capacity to process that on top of traveling and no sleep, trying to make content, pushing out, like doing this podcast and making sure we're being entertaining. Like it's a lot. It's Hello. exciting though. It's all cool things to be like stressed about, but cra- things have been crazy. But you know, I'm always scrolling TikTok, and that's what, that's what I zone out and just become brain dead and scroll. <laughs> but one of the things that came up on my for you page, I wanted to bring it up because okay. I thought it was super funny and interesting. Um, and I didn't even know this was a concept. We're taking like a complete 180. But this girl was asking, like, if you're a guy, what kind of guy are you? Are you an up guy or are you a down guy? Okay, you explained this to me before the podcast, but explain it to me again. (laughs) Like, I had never even realized that this was a concept. Yeah. So an up guy is a guy, like, when you're just chilling, standing up or sitting or doing whatever, the the, (laughs) where you place your dick in your pants And so some guys place their dick in like their waistband or it's like up into the side on their hip, kind of where like that V line is, you know, or (laughs) some guys flip it down. And I was so (laughs) Maggie, what type of guy are you? I'm a a down guy. That's the only type (laughs) of guy that exists. 
Whoever tucks no, it up into no. the side on the line. No. You need a longer penis. I don't know what to tell you. It just seems impossible. I'm telling you, all the guys. So I'm saying, okay, all my ex-boyfriends. Are white. <laughs> they are white. They, they are white. Um, okay, all my ex-boyfriends are white, but they have all had, like, big dicks. Like, very nice penises. And Penine. I think all of them were up guys. I feel like I remember them being up guys and kind of, like, tucking it up. And, like, if I'm seeing them chilling, or it's, like, not up, guys, but I'm definitely to the side. Like, to the side and the hip. Might I, might I add something else? Oh, okay. Go I ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I want to add something else. This you're right. You're right. Maggie. It has nothing to do with size. I think it is a race thing, though. I think it just means it's a white thing because okay. the only people I've ever seen tuck their dick up, I heard it in high school, a white kid goes... You know, dude, if you ever get a boner, just tuck your dick up. And I'm like, really? Yeah, and then the I got a boner and I tucked it up and the tip of my dick was poking out of the belly. Oh, no. That used to happen to my ex, too, though. And, and I was like, he would just wrong cover idea. It, he would cover it with a shirt. That's fair. I wore small shirts. My <laughs> they would always shrink. Were you a chubby kid? No, my mother just didn't know how to dry the clothes correctly. Oh, my oh, God. I feel you. I've shrunk okay. many a shirt. So I, so the guy that I've been, like, hooking up with and, like, dating uh, is black. And so he is a down guy. And when I saw that and noticed it, I was like, doesn't that hurt? <laughs> and I felt like his dick, like, kind of angles down. down. And it's from it going down. And I noticed all the white guys that I've been with, their dick angles up. I've never, like, noticed this. Wait. It's so crazy. Who was your, what was your ex? You I don't know. I literally never even like thought about it. Thought about this as I'm a thing. I'm just constantly looking at men's coochies, dicks through they their just kind of go in there. Like I don't have to do anything. I mean, I guess you kind of adjust your vagina sometimes. And yeah, you, you have, adjust the lips. Yeah. You put one on either side of the seam. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> no, that's so uncomfortable. Okay, but wait, wait, you remember, you know those TikToks where it's like when your jeans hit right, and then you're like, when your jeans hit right, nobody knows what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about rubbing on your clit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. See, that's a secret. Okay, what were we talking about? (laughs) So I'm so curious. Are you an up up guy or down guy? Are you up guys or down guys? Like, who are you? And I don't know. I'm like trying to imagine him. I need you to comment in the comments if you're an up guy or a down guy and like, why? (laughs) <laughs> and also comment your race. <laughs> it's, Tell us it's about your dick. It's for a study. Um, we're trying to figure something out. I feel like my ex was an up guy. Like a to the side. A to the side guy. Yeah. Because I would always see him in his, in his boxers. And it would, like, and it come, would come out up, through. Yeah. It would come up the side in the boxers. Right. But some, the guy that I'm seeing, it comes through the down part of the boxers. Like he does. I don't think I don't know. so. I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like to the side. If you have a boner, you tuck it down, you're saying? If I have a boner, I put it horizontal. Sideways. If you, you put it horizontal. Uh, okay. So I feel like I are have you a more grower, of a guy. A grower or a shower? Guys, I'm neither. <laughs> Soft and hard, it looks like a big clitoris. It, all right. His... his <laughs> His girl's in the room. Can you attest the size of his dick? Oh, my God. <laughs> is he an up guy or a down guy? On national you, television. He's a, and you've noticed it? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like my ex was an up guy. I, I find it so ex. interesting. But I have you ever noticed some guys' dicks curve, like, a certain way? I feel like I always so like, like when s- they have a little... A little so some kink in the corner. You some know what curved, I'm saying? Some curve down, some curve to the side. It's like if they're always jerking it with their right hand, it's curving to the right. 
You know what I'm saying? And so I I don't know, but one time I slept with a guy in college who had a dick that was curved down. I think I've talked about it. And it hurt because it was like hitting my asshole from the inside. Oh, that and it was painful. Like it, I like kind of like curved but the, up. But the or guy like who I'm fucking now also his dick curves down a little bit, and that shit feels good. So maybe he just it's maybe just the guy like I know the, just knows how to fuck. And maybe he just dick. turns you on. That's true. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little um emotional here. It's kind of hard when two people live in different states, and my vagina is lonely. In my heart. <laughs> Just messaged me. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll look Read at that later. Should we talk about it? Read we'll look it at that later. Out. Should we talk about just that kind of scenario in general? Just recently had a lot of people in our life say they are going to do things and then not do them and kind of leave us hanging in really crucial, important moments in our jobs. Mm. so like it's kind of put us in like a tough spot and it's just like a hard place to be especially with people you care about yeah you know because it's like you want to rely on them and then like you build up this wall and then they're like well why are you acting different it's like well because this wall has been built up because you made me have the wall yeah I shouldn't feel guilty for having the wall no you built this city yeah you built this city so it's hard it's a hard thing to navigate (laughs) I've just personally been avoiding any of the problems that we've been having (laughs) Because, like, I either am either, like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I just can't care. Because if I care, that's energy I don't have. We talked about this in the podcast with Nietzsche. Like, it's energy I don't have to put toward it. And I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm coming out of that for me. And I'm like, no, this, like, should be addressed. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't have the energy to address it. No, that's that's totally fine. It's just one of those things where you're like, you'll notice how someone acts or, like, things they'll say. And then it's just like, okay, mental note. I'm adding mm. it to the notepad of things I'm learning about you. What's on my notepad? Um, <laughs> will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know. I don't even know. Okay. What's so on sorry. Emily's notepad? Emily. Well, Emily dun, used to wake me dun, up with dun, tea. Dun. She'll do nice things for you. But then sometimes she'll <laughs> stare right through your soul with her death stare eyes. <laughs> I'm I'm passing the phone to somebody who will kill you with their look <laughs> on their eyes. Well, I really. But also at the same time, make you tea in the morning <laughs> and be like, here you go and just think of you. So, you know, so a bitch. No, I mean, uh, I'm the same way. I'm a cold bitch sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I get in my moods. I do too. We all get in our moods. I way be grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised one of us hasn't hit the other yet. <laughs> I don't ever want to like hit. Like, I feel like I hit you like when we're playing. No, I don't ever want to hit you either. Yeah, no. But like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like bark at each other. Like. <laughs> We've barked at each other for sure. I know. We definitely. <laughs> we do that a lot. Both like dogs and like yelling. Like we've definitely gone like bark, bark. Arf. <laughs> but that's how you have to get through those moments with like your friends and shit. Sometimes you just have to make light of it. We talked about a lot about like a fatal flaw. Oh yeah. Have- we haven't talked about it on the podcast. We haven't. Right? Okay. No. So like what? that's one of those things with like a fatal flaw it's like sometimes you just have to accept people for who they are you either there's two options you accept people for who they are and where they're at 
right? So that you're not constantly getting disappointed thinking that this person is going to be a person that you want them to be. Like, just accept them for what they're showing you and who mm-hmm. they are. Or or is it that fatal flaw that they have, like, going to irk you so bad that it's kind of past, like, you just can't... Is it fatal? Be their, yeah, it's their fatal flaw. Like, you can't be their friend. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you, can, you have to accept your friend's fatal flaw or you have to, like, make the decision to be like, you know what, this isn't something I'm going to be able to deal with constantly. So, like, I just got to... Yeah. C- c- cut you out. Okay, so, yeah, you ha- like you were saying, like, you have to accept people where they're at. And either you can accept them where they are and meet them there or you can't. Yeah. And it's okay to outgrow people. And it's okay to not, like, fight for a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a hard lesson to learn. And I think you don't learn it just once. No. Like, you, you learn it by constantly making those decisions because it... There was a like the past year cutting people out. Just like there was times where there was friends and they did one thing. And I'm talking one thing that upset me, like a red flag. And instead of like having a conversation with them or like whatever, it, I was just done. I was mm-hmm. like, nope, you showed me your hand. You showed me how you're going to react in a situation. I don't have the time to like be hurt by you in the future if you're going to react like this because that was a hurtful situation. I'm so good. like I'm good. Yeah. And just moving on. And that power that I held and that confidence in myself and knowing my worth has helped me no, tremendously. No, I thought it was impressive, honestly. Because I was watching you there and I was like, oh, I've never like even considered doing that. Just like cutting someone out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, there was times where you were friends with people or something, like things were happening. I'm like, Emily, you don't need someone in your life that treats you that way. Mm-hmm. They're showing yeah. you right now they're not caring. Yeah. The conversation and talking to them and begging them to care about you isn't going to get them to change. No. If anything, it's going to probably make them feel like they have the power in the relationship Mm -hmm. and they're going to keep going it because they know it's a way to control you and your emotions if you let your emotions in those situations get the hold of you. Yeah. Because it's not easy letting someone go that you love and care about, like a best friend or a family member or a significant other. That's the fucking hardest thing to just be like, you know what? I'm ending the story right here. Yeah. Or I'm keeping my distance and here are my boundaries. I think, what, like, Emily, what would be the fatal flaw? And we heard about the fatal flaw by a girl on TikTok. Was it Tinks? I don't remember who it was. I found it, this a while ago. I think it was Tinks. Okay. Um, And she was talking about that. And we, like, it resonated because it was you and I traveling a lot. And we were starting, and we were together a lot and spending a lot we of time snippy. together. We were starting to get it was snippy when we were with moving. each other. Yeah, it was when we were moving. We were starting to, like, get a, <laughs> a little catty. We were bitchy. <laughs> Back and forth. And it was this, like, I think a power trip between the both of us. Like, we just, like... We were kind of doing the same things to each other and I, we, getting upset at the other person. It was just like this resentment building up. It, yeah, it was not good. <laughs> we, I feel like that watching that TikTok was like a, a good moment. We were like, yeah, you know, we've not been the best. Yeah. We've <laughs> been struggling. But we knew yeah. that it wasn't coming from, once we talked about it, we knew it wasn't coming from the actual person. It was coming from us being under anxiety and like... Do you know what I mean? So those things were bothering us and we were stressed and we were not like in a normal situation. If like things weren't being stressful, we probably would have been able to handle our emotions a little bit better and regulated that and thought about it. But it just kept building up, you know. And then once we actually had the conversation, we were like, okay, so we both like love each other and Mm -hmm. know that it's not us. It's those things and us like getting in those tiffs and how we handled it. Is, Is that something that we can like handle? 
Yeah. You know, is it like, does it actually show that this person is like a bad person or they just like react? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's friends, like I think now looking back at an old friendship, I think an old friend's fatal flaw was like the manipulation thing, like with everyone that they talked to, Mm -hmm. it was like a game. It was a text message. It was chess. It was chess. And I didn't realize that that game was also being played on me, you know? So I accepted it. I, I, this is the time where I accepted that fatal flaw. And I was like, maybe that's just her, but it's not how they are with me. And so it's really, it ended up being how she was with me. And I had mm-hmm. to cut her off. And at that point I was like, well, that'd be the fatal flaw. If I meet another person that acts that way immediately, I just need to be done with them. If you, you show me, know. if you show me those characteristics, that is it. You're out. Yeah. And I think it's really important to have those conversations with yourselves. Cause I see so many of our friends, so many people in our lives, like now that I'm like with more shitty friends. Yeah. We're more like aware of it. And we just watch how girls interact with each other or like people and their significant others. And it's also realizing that like everything people are saying is a projection of what they're feeling inside. Yeah. So I'm like, you're coming at me from, from this angle, but really it's because you're upset with yourself. Yes. Yeah. And not everyone's even there to notice that. Yeah. It takes a lot of like strength and power to like cut off people but it also takes a lot of self-awareness to know what are those fatal flaws like what are those things that you're just gonna walk away from like yeah having writing down a list and figure out like why did past relationships end like where were you the problem were they the problem Mm -hmm. what behaviors did you like and not like and fucking both of you and cut those people out because had I known what I know now about this and like actually had that self-confidence and self-esteem to to stand up for myself. It's hard. And actually risk being alone. Cause like cutting those people out, it's like I got rid of a best friend. I was alone, alone. And I had to just be like, well, this is it. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And a lot of people keep people around because they don't want to be alone. Yes. And they let, yes. they let these friends who constantly just disappoint them over and over. And it's like, I don't have the energy for that. No. I don't want to be, I don't want to be surrounded by people who constantly like disappoint me and don't have my back. Yeah, I feel like mine is like, if I'm giving and you're not giving, I think that's my my fatal flaw, where I, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've learned that lesson too many times. Yeah, because you're a giver. <laughs> you got to apply it. <laughs> you're a giver. Do you know how it, bad it sucks when you're a giver and you give and, like, no one gives back? I guess there's a thing, too, though, like, at a point where, like, you should give and not expect to get anything in return. But it just yes. sucks, like, from a trauma standpoint and, like, on a deep level is when you do have a big heart and you give and the people around you constantly don't. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily bad to be a giver because... Like, okay, I'm saying this wrong, but, you know, people give in different ways. You have to make sure you're paying attention to all of the ways people can give. Yeah. And you're not assuming that they give in the same way you give. Yeah, that's true. Like love languages. Mm -hmm. But then it's also knowing, can you accept that? Because some people will never be able to give you like love or in the way that you want them to give it to you. So... And that could be like the fatal flaw. Like for me, like I really do like like romance. Like I like when somebody makes me feel like super special and like does cute things. And I don't think I could be with somebody who just doesn't like want to go out of their way to like make me happy in like cute ways of the day. Yeah. That's like, that would be a a deal breaker. Fuck that. (laughs) But now I'm aware of that. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. I used to date people and hope that they would become those people when I told them how to love me, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's hard. I know. Relationships and friendships and And navigating it. Yeah, it it. applies to every relationship in your life. All of it. It does. I feel like, though, when you really start to focus on that self-love part, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, because now I'm having, like, people, like, friends reach out in, like, rude ways to me. Just just to get your attention. (laughs) They're reaching out to, like, neg you. Yeah, it's, it's like, hey, funny. I haven't talked to you. I'm going to neg you and say something. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm doing great. But now, thank you for asking. Now I feel like you recognize that I can see that growth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like before, I know for me at least, and just like living with you in quarantine, like that stuff would have fucked us up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When someone would do something like that. But it shows growth that that energy is not affecting us anymore because we're recognizing that's just them. Yeah. They're feeling guilty and they want to like put it on you, but they still want to reach out. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, there were definitely points of my life where I was being that like shitty person and like reaching out to friends who had, you know, like cut me off and like sending TikToks instead of being like, hey, I've been thinking about you. We should talk, like approaching it in a normal adult way. Yeah. You know? It's it's, it's uh, similar. It's like a similar that's guilt the trip. Worst. You know? Yeah, it's like a guilt trip. Like they reach out and they don't want to address the problem. Like somebody that you are, you're in a fight with, or you haven't talked to, like a friend or an ex. They don't want to address the problem of why you're not talking, but they'll bring up something to like relate to you. Yeah, and then in somehow in the process, make it about like something that you are doing wrong or whatever. Yeah, like your friend reached out to you about a dream that y- you were in her dream. Yeah. And hurt her in the dream. And she was mad at you because of the dream. Yes. But this person had done you wrong in the past. (laughs) Yes. So it's like we stopped talking because like you weren't being a good friend. And now your message. The only thing you're saying is about how I was a bad person in your dream. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a you problem. It really does. But I ain't no doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't no lawyer. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um. But yeah, no, I think it like it all ties into in our last episode, we talked about like affirmations and manifestation and, and you know, like some people's cases, like prayer is the same thing to them. Yep. Um, so it really applies across all religions. But I feel like it's really just healing Everything's who you healing. are. It's hard and it's about the self-love that will give you the confidence and the standards yeah, that you need to uphold for the people around you. Yeah. I think we talk about so much stuff. We talk about dating. We talk about relationships with like advice and stuff, life, like work, weed, whatever we're talking about it. Literally every, the answer to all of it starts with that. It's like just holding yourself in a higher regard, really loving yourself because those decisions navigating life, the problems that feel like the end of the world, like all that becomes a whole lot easier when you're thinking a different way. Even if you're not where you want to be, one day you're going to look back and you're going to be like, wow, I was not there yet, but here I am fucking now. Dude, and how cool is that? I know. I've had a lot of those like look back moments, you know what I mean? Full circle moments this week because things have been happening so fast. Yeah. And it's crazy. <laughs> We've been bop, 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 very quick. Mm-hmm. Bop, but like the self-love, my whole journey in the past, like I, that's all I've been working on. I've been actively trying to heal my fucking childhood, which was horrible. And I used to be live in such a victim mindset and focusing on that self-love helped me realize like the opportunities in front of me and have that gratitude 
And now it's like I feel like I'm at a point where I'm surrounded by people who are good people. Like everyone in my circle is like, I don't know if everyone just like wants what's best for each other. Good soup. Yeah, there's not a lot of like bad people in our circle. And if there is, like we're all on the same page energetically to like be like (laughs) bad vibes, (laughs) bad vibes, she gone or whatever, you know, and then like opportunities are happening. It's like, holy fuck. Yeah. I can walk into a room and let it be like, no, that person's not a good person. Yeah. And everyone in the room can love them. And I'm like, Mm-mm. nope. Mm-mm. And I have zero reason why besides my intuition of just like knowing. But I trust my intuition now. That's I the thing too. Always, right? now I do. When you trust your intuition, the fucking things that can happen. My hair keeps getting attached I'm to the so, mic. It's so annoying. I'm like, Ugh. I'm so high. And so I love talking about like fucking conceptual shit like this. You're super high. Those edibles hit you. <laughs> Those two edibles Emily took in I'm the beginning chilling. of the episode. I, I know love you've just the, been, like, there's cheesing. the wallpaper in here. It's so nice. Yeah. It's very trippy. It is very trippy. I feel like I'm inside a squid, but I kind of like it. <laughs> like an underwater thing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, I think uh, that was definitely, like, I don't have I don't have a lot of regrets, but... Looking back as a kid, I wish I knew a lot of the stuff that I know now. So hopefully oh God, like this yeah. helps other people in their journey of healing of like where to start. And that's literally. You know what? Do you remember like when we were growing up, how there was only like how we sort of grew up kind of with YouTube teaching us how to do makeup? Yeah. Like we were on the tail end of that and we learned as we were getting older. Yeah. I feel like this generation, the younger kids are learning more about healing. Yes. Oh my gosh. On the internet. I feel like there's so much, exactly, there's so much education out there. Yeah. I'm like, what? I hope they're fucking more emotionally intelligent than than we are and they learn from our idiocy. Yes. And I've noticed too, like I don't know why the hell I'm on like mom talk and parenting talk. I am too. I'm on on like Montessori TikTok. Yeah, I'm on like (laughs) parenting TikTok and it's like what's parenting advice that would probably get you in trouble? And it's these like so, these moms are so smart in the way that they like talk to their kids. Like the gentle reparenting. Yeah, it's so next level and it has to do with like communication. It's not like it's not like, oh, you're such a good kid. It's not like pandering no. to your child. No, it's treating it's them like, like an adult. It's exactly, and teaching them boundaries. Teaching them boundaries, like that understanding are, why they react. And a lo- what is that? How do you do that as a parent? You heal yourself first. Yes. Because you can't teach your child how to regulate it if you're not regulating it yourself, you yeah. know? That's why our generation's so fucking fucked up. Like, we're fucked up. But, you but know it's what because else? we were raised by fucked up people. But you know, yeah, exactly. And you know what is cool? Like these kids, their parents are now unlearning the stuff their Ex- parents taught them. Yep. So these kids are kind of fucking changing our generation at the same time. Which, oh, yeah. How cool is that? It is super cool. Like like our generation's children's generation, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're going to be, I can't imagine, I feel like society will go so much better as everyone's like healing and like, yeah. You know what I mean? No, my friends hurt kids, people hurt people. You exactly. Know? It, like people I grew up with are having kids right now. And like I look at the way they talk to their kids with like I admire the hell out of them because I feel like if I had a parent, I had a child right now, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. You don't little fucking bitch. Me. <laughs> oh, God. What is that? That's my mother. <laughs> be like, don't fucking make a noise. Don't embarrass me. You're in my fucking <laughs> house. It's my fucking rules. And then I'm like, shit, don't act like That's that. That's why I'm not having children for <laughs> several I, years. I gotta heal that. My instinct to do that. Exactly. I'm, yes. No, after being around my ex's kid, I 
realize you think that and then you're way more nurturing. I did. I was blown away by how nurturing I actually was because I thought I would have that in me because that's how my mom treated me. Mm-hmm. So my initial reaction was like that, you know, but it yeah. wasn't like that. No, I couldn't great. even... And all went away. You know what I mean? But that's like a fear. But I think it's important to heal yourself and shit. And it comes to self-awareness, self-love. It's the key to fucking everything. And how does that start? You smoke some motherfucking weed. I do feel like if I had Kylie Jenner's money, I would have a baby right now, though. (laughs) We, Emily, I'm just saying. All of Courtney would be like, let's adopt a baby. I always have baby fever. Oh, no, fever. I totally have baby fever. If somebody was like, yo, I want to give you a baby, I'd be like, like, oh, "Oh, it's it. That's it. Put a (laughs) ring on it. Let's go. Oh. Should we elope? What's ha- what's happening? Yeah, are we? <laughs> you want one kid, two kids? You seeing anyone? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's becoming a woman is fucking weird, dude. It's um, weird. Yeah, and, how, how do you do that? I don't know because like my head's thinking one thing, and then my body's thinking something completely different. Forty-five. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm high. Yeah, we have probably, and so I mean, yeah. I mean, let's. I was reading this Bud's feed article. <laughs> Fucking, what am I saying? <laughs> I was just reading the BuzzFeed article. Sorry. Start from the top and start it from the top and from the back. <laughs> and from the back, I'm gonna hit it like that. Okay, where did I send this shit? Okay. I don't know. Okay, so I was reading this BuzzFeed article and I thought we'd talk about it because we're talking a lot about like growth and shit. But it was like 19 women reveal their dating regrets from their 20s, and this is so on point. Okay. Um, so one of them was wasting too much time on the wrong men because I was scared of being left on the shelf. Oh, damn. What do you like think about that? I feel like that's like rooted in some deep, like we have to get married in our 20s. Yeah. Well, this is like society puts this pressure on women. Yeah. You feel this from a very young age. You're like, I have a biological clock and I need to like be married and start <laughs> dating somebody. I thought I was going to be married with children by 23. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> what the fuck? I know. <laughs> but like, like, I think you, I know so many girls, they'll plan out their like year. So they'll be like, okay, at 23 or 22, I'm going to graduate college. And then I'm yeah. going to like meet my boyfriend at my full-time job. Maybe I'll get a promotion a year later and then me and my boyfriend will move in together. Girls fucking plan this. I don't know if guys do this shit. I know guys think about the future, but I don't think they plan it to the extent that girls do. I really... Guys think even, about the future so much and run. Girls plan out the future to like, they know every detail. They're like, I'll like have I've a kid by 32. Well, yeah. I'll, you know what I mean? They'll be, yeah. I have to be married by 30 so I can have a kid by 32. Mm. You know, I'm establishing my job so I can take some time out. Like, they're thinking about that Like, shit. very deeply? Oh, I never put that much thought into it. So, I think uh, <laughs> a lot of girls, it comes with a self-worth thing. You know what I mean? Like, we want to be loved. And so... We attach ourselves We attach ourselves to, to somebody. And attach... Yeah. Guys, I... I used to do that. I... Yeah. And it hurt. It hurts <laughs> you way more than it helps you. Trust me, don't do that shit. Don't attach <laughs> your self-worth to love and like somebody wanting you. Like when you love yourself and you are like, I'm the fucking shit and they are should be blessed to like be dating me. And men and women should be talk, like thinking oh, this yeah. way about themselves. Everyone, so everyone should be feeling like that. You approach things like with such a fucking higher energy. It like makes you more attractive to people when they see you fucking just vibing with yourself. You know what I mean? Because everyone's stuck with whatever they got, you know? 
Get but like you your get. confidence and your personality will like attract a lot. I agree. So I think like and I know so many women when they hit their like late twenties and their thirties that like are like they just stop giving a fuck. You'll notice older women just don't give a fuck. And it's a new level of like confidence that they have. That's the difference between men or women in their fucking twenties versus women in their thirties and forties. They just I love that. They don't give a fuck. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm getting to that point. It's pretty fucking cool. I literally had the dude I'm like dating like fucking help me pop a pimple on my butt. And then I was like, all right, can you put like a, a pimple yes, patch on should. it? And then I shaved my asshole in front of him. As you should. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, I don't give a <laughs> fuck if you see my hairy asshole. Wait. Because, because you're either going to like me or not. This is it, bitch. You're in for it. Okay. So you remember how at our East Boston apartment, I had like a glass shower. Yeah. My ex... <laughs> One sat on the floor while I was shaving my butthole so he could look up through the glass. <laughs> like, you liked that? I don't know. He just watched it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what mine was doing. He was sitting on the toilet, like, playing video games, but also, like, watching. And he's like, I have no idea what you're doing. This is, But this is fascinating. Because he's like, this is the other side. Like, the like, girls don't do show men. Get in there. But, like, do you know how freeing it is to just not give a fuck? I love it. Do you know what I mean? That's so cool. So I feel like people shouldn't waste, like, shouldn't focus on that. Yeah, just don't give a fuck. Okay. All right, what's the the next one? Okay. Oh. I think that this is a really important one. Someone said that their regret in their late 20s was sacrificing time with my friends to spend time with significant others. The significant others are gone now, but my friends are still around. I could have had so many more memories with them. I think that's true. This is such a true thing. It is. There's so many girls and there's so many guys too. You get in a relationship and you just fucking ditch your friends. Yeah. Your friends never see you. You're always with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You can't do anything without your girlfriend or boyfriend. So no one has like you time. It's like the you version that you show around your significant other. So your Not friends are you. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. and then when you break up with your significant other after just saying fuck you to all your friends, you pop back in your friend's life and you're like, "Hi. Oh my god, I miss you guys so much. Like we're going to hang out all the time." And it's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> you know? Mhm. It's not fair. I think you have to really learn that balance. But because I think, it's healthy to have friends. Yes, it's healthy to have you friends. You need to have friends even though you're in a relationship. That person shouldn't become your world. You should have your own no. world and you guys mesh your worlds together. Yes, you have a fun bridge. Yes. Not trust the bridge me, to and trust me, you're going to want that alone time. If you start the relationship off with those boundaries and that freedom and that alone time, I promise you, you'll have a way healthier relationship. Yeah, and then you get to chill by yourself, which is yes. fun. Yes, and it goes back to the first thing we said about like like your self worth with people. Like knowing your self worth will sh- like help you choose better people in your life. Yeah, and that self worth would show you that you should keep your friends around, and you should have space, and it's healthy to have space from your significant other. It really is. It's a healthy thing. It's fucking dope. But then it's dope when you get to spend time with each oh, other. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you're still allowed to love spending time with them for sure. You should. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think this one's super cool. We can probably this could probably be the last one, but okay. So their regret was doing the right thing, like in quotes, going to college, marrying my first serious boyfriend, getting the career, buying a nice house in the suburbs, all of that in order. I didn't live for myself for a single minute. 
I lived to please other people and just did what I thought you were supposed to do. Okay. So I feel like my whole life, both of my parents were like, you need, well, a parent was like, you need to go into a practical like shit. You need to do STEM. You need to do this in order to make money. Otherwise you're going to be poor and you're going to die. Like all of this, like negative thinking. Yes, so like I was I like, fuck. I got brainwashed. I was like, fuck, I have to go to nursing school. So I go to nursing school. I get so depressed that I literally drop out of nursing school a year into it, start smoking weed. And then I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to figure it out. I don't have to go to fucking college. Yeah. I'm just going to go wherever I fucking want to. And yeah. Here we are. Here we are. A job is to get high and fucking talk on a podcast at a radio station. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Cheers to that. But that's the thing is you stopped giving a fuck. That's how I think my life was that I had all this pressure from people and I grew up in like with a shitty home. So I had to be successful. So there was two routes. It was like do what everyone tells you that you're supposed to do to be successful, which is like go to college get like the stable corporate America job, work your way up. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to be like a powerhouse. I was like thinking Ted talks and all this stuff, but it was, I was just so miserable in it. I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I want to kill myself. Like this is fucking horrible. And I just wanted to work for myself and do my own thing. I always wanted to like be a social media person. Now look at you. And everyone told me not to do it. Everyone told me I was making the wrong decision. It was going to fuck up that right career path. I wouldn't get a job and all this stuff. And I'm, something in my gut and my intuition just told me, it was like, no, this is the right thing it's for like you. Only fans. Yeah. <laughs> Show your butthole Wait online. for 2020, baby. <laughs> Literally. It, so <laughs> no, like doing that, I'm so glad I haven't lived for others because it's made me, my life has changed so much for the better. And yeah. I, I like, imagine like if you live for others and you don't make that decision to switch, you're going to look back on that and remember you didn't do everything that you wanted to do, you know? Yeah. If you want to do it, fucking do it. How exhilarating and awesome will that make you feel? What confidence will that give you? How will that increase your self-esteem by making yourself happy? You know, you know? I read, I, I feel like I read a study. I might just be making this up, but it, <laughs> <laughs> but it said that men regret the amount of like people they have sex with. And women regret the people they didn't have sex with. Really? So what is... So (laughs) (laughs) Where are we going? Where are we going? (laughs) We're so high. (laughs) I really thought that made sense. Did it? Did it make sense? Are you really high too? Yeah. <laughs> Look at me, I'm crying. Am I so high that it made sense? <laughs> I think it made sense. I think it made sense. Oh, Emily's like fawn, but tearing up. Emily's tearing <laughs> She's ugly crying now. Emily's ugly crying. <laughs> he looks pretty. It's fine. It's making your highlighter look cool. It's okay. <laughs> oh, we talking? <laughs> wait, didn't okay, wait, didn't one time you had one on stage and you were supposed to do something and you ran off and cried. <laughs> yeah. So I was fine. 
then I was I signed up for the talent show at camp. <laughs> like I did this voluntarily. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to burp the alphabet. <laughs> we're going to insert like a picture of baby me right here. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to burp the fucking alphabet, bitch. So I got time for the talent show. I woke up. I'm like, still haven't learned how to burp on purpose. <laughs> I used to cry about not knowing how to burp on purpose. So I get up on stage, I start, I start crying, and then I run off stage, <laughs> and the, the camp director found me, and she was like, we're going to play Penny Whistle, so she picked, she takes me back up on stage, and we play like Mary had a little lamb. After you cry in front of everyone. Yeah. So Emily was like, I'm going to do something, got up and started crying and ran off. Like, I was okay, really you, bold for thinking I could burp that much. You crying right now in the scenario gave me that energy. Like, that's immediately what I thought of. I don't even know why I started crying. What were we talking about? Her period's definitely coming. Oh, my womb hurts. All right, I think mm-hmm. on that note, we should. <laughs> Catch you kidding. next week, you filthy fucking oh, stoners. Love you. And leave us a five star written review on Apple Podcasts, yeah. please, baby. And, watch, and listen to us. And subscribe to us. Radio. And um, download. Subscribe to my OnlyFans. And, yeah. Eat um, my butt. Okay, see you next week. Bye. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. You want them to eat your butt? No. Oh, I was talking to you. Emily, don't ask me questions. Will you shave it first? I would shave your butt. I appreciate that. Okay. I really do. Will you shave my butt? Of course. Okay. Cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>